Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitbetline.com for all types of great articles, videos, podcasts, interviews, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitbetline.com. Lots of things to get into today. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. And if you're a Razorback football fan, it was, I don't even know, is it disappointing? Is it disappointing? Is it encouraging? Is it just kind of exciting? Is it not changing anything at all and you just feel the same way? It's weird. It's a weird feeling and one that I've really been struggling to wrap my mind around. And since Arkansas lost to Texas A&M and Arlington 31-27. to And it's on my show this morning, we had a, the majority of the people who called and texted in were pretty encouraged by Arkansas's play. And... It, that's fine. That's fine if, if you felt that way. There were some that were still skeptical. There were some that were disappointed with the way that it turned out. I know Chad Morris was as well. But you know, at the end of the day, we got to look at it and say, all right, so what what do you take from this? Where do you go from here? How do you do this? How do you handle it? What's next? And that's kind of what I'm looking at it this afternoon when I'm looking at this whole game and, and just trying to make sense of it all. Because I'm telling you, folks, Arkansas played well. There's no doubt. They they played well enough to be in the game late. They played well enough even to win, but they just couldn't make enough plays. I know people wanted to bring up officiating and some of the suspect calls that were egregious that they missed. I don't think it's the reason that they lost, but it was definitely a few missed calls there. Uh, there there were a few key plays here and there. Obviously, Nick Starkle going out uh, was big, but Ben Hicks played well. I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, Arkansas, and almost every statistical category had AM beat. They had more passing yards, more rushing yards. They had more tackles for loss. They had more sacks. They caused more turnovers. I mean, they, it was all in Razorbacks' favor, except for the ones that matters the most the scoreboard. The scoreboard, at the end of the day, is all that matters. And for those of you who feel confident or maybe feel more comfortable maybe feel a little more hopeful about the rest of the season after this performance that's fine but let me caution you Arkansas has done this before against A&M last year Arkansas played A&M very close in fact they had a chance at the end of the game to tie it up have the tying touchdown and maybe even send it to overtime they didn't make the play but AM was a much better team last year. They went nine and three. This year, they're now three and two. But they haven't looked very good this season. And even in previous years with Brett Bielma, since this is the eighth freaking time you've lost to Texas AM, each and every game has been close. Where you felt like you were in position to win. You felt like you probably should have won. Maybe you choked it away. Maybe you went to overtime and didn't make the plays. Whatever it is, you had your chances. But you fell short. Just like in this game. And in each and every one of those years, the Texas A&M game was never an indication of how the season played out. Not once. There were some years, for instance, like the 2015 season. That ended up being a pretty alright season. Another year that you should have beaten Texas A&M. You didn't. You should have, but you didn't. And he ended up 
going five and three in SEC play. Losing to Alabama, of course, because, you know, <laughs> pretty much lose to them every single year. But you had some you had some good season. You had a good season then, in the SEC at least. That AM game was not an indication. Just like last year's game was not an indication. When you went two and ten. The AM games you played well in, but what did that do for you the rest of the year? Nothing. Nothing at all. You went two and ten. And so, for those of you who are getting excited about this, okay, I'm never going to tell you to not get excited about a game or not to be hopeful about a game or anything like that because that's that's your prerogative. But I'm telling you to not use this game as an indication of what is to come this season. It is incredible how Arkansas has lost this game each and every year in all different ways, shapes, and forms, and sizes. It happens every single year. And I'm starting to believe, just like I've talked to many of my A&M friends, my conference, my A&M guys that cover A&M, I should say, but every one of them say the same thing when I ask them, why is this game always close? They say, because A&M does not care about this game. They do not get up for this game. They're not traveling to this game. They do not like this game. And when you do not like it, as a team you don't like it, as a coach you don't like it, you don't get up for the game. But Arkansas always finds a way to get up. But... As always, fall a little short. And so, now they enter in the bye week. And then they have Kentucky. that They'll play in Lexington at 6.30. I guess next Saturday night. Which, we'll see how that plays out. Because Kentucky's not a very good team. In fact, they're a pretty bad team. Not that they've lost their starting quarterback for the season. They also get a bye week too. Which is, you know, something you got to take into consideration. But either way... That game's going to be the indication. I don't take anything from this Texas A&M game. Anything at all. Because it's close every year. And even in the years it's close, it still doesn't matter. 2017, when you went 4-8 and eight and you fired Brett Bielema. You went 1-7 and seven in conference. You almost lost to Coastal Carolina. Guess what? You went to overtime with A&M. It doesn't matter. And, no, and, and I, again, I'm trying to... I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of, hey, maybe this is the turnaround. Maybe that was them kind of bouncing back really nicely after a San Jose State loss. Maybe that is the case. And if that's the case, that's fine. But it's not good enough for me. And even Chad Morris said after the game, losing is unacceptable. They don't care that they're close. We got to find ways to win that game. Win games late. Make the plays when we need to. That's what it's all about, folks. That right there, it's all about making the plays to win the game. And until Arkansas actually gets to the point where they start making those plays, the rest is for naught. So I applaud the effort. I do. I applaud the fact that they were ready to play. I applaud the fact that when their starting quarterback, Nick Starkle, went down, Ben Hicks stepped in and made some nice plays. I applaud all of that. But I still will not applaud losing. There's enough of that, folks. Arkansas has been too close too many times for me to start praising close. I'm tired of praising close. I'm tired of saying, well, golly gee, if they just would have had this play, that play, or the other play, things would have been different. Tired of that. No more of that. That doesn't matter anymore. What matters is at the end of the day, if you have a higher score than the other team, 
by the time the game comes to an end and you get to go home with a W. That's all that matters at the end of the day. When will you finally do that? When will you finally make those plays? When will you finally overcome adversity in a positive manner? And when will you finally, finally put it all together for four quarters? I've yet to see it. I don't want to hear we're close. Red Bielma said we're close. And close means nothing. Close is still failure. Start having success. Start winning games. Start getting people to believe. And then, and only then, will I believe you truly have it turned around. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount up to $100. Again, that's with the Vivid Seats app. Check it out. Promo code KICKOFF to receive a discount up to $100. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I wanted to bring up something specifically that a lot of you wanted me to discuss. and Actually, two things, I should say. First off, I'll start with the quarterback. Nick Starkle goes down with a left arm contusion, according to Chad Morris. He was out for the rest of the game when he went down on it, trying to make a tackle when uh, the ball was picked in the end zone by him. And uh, we don't know the extent of his injury. Chad Morris doesn't meet with the media today. He'll wait later this week, so we'll get an update on that, and of course we'll relay the information as soon as we can. But either way, you know, the question became of since Ben Hicks played well, does this mean that he's going to be the starter? Do we have a quarterback controversy here through after five games? Does this mean it's all open up again? Well, to put it simply, no. No. There's no quarterback controversy as long as Nick Starkle is healthy. If Nick Starkle is healthy, he is going to be your quarterback. And that shouldn't change because Nick Starkle is the better quarterback. He's the better athlete. He gives you a better chance to win. And that's not taking anything away from Ben Hicks. Ben Hicks played well. He didn't play perfect, but he played well. He at least kept you in the game, and he put you in a position at the end of the game to get a victory. Didn't happen. I, I get it. But Starkle's still your guy. And no matter what, especially in college football, you have to have whoever your best quarterback is out on the field. And Starkle is that guy. And you know, we've seen him make plays. We've seen him make boneheaded plays. I mean, he threw five picks in the game against San Jose State. There's no doubt that you can't have those types of plays. But still, if they can use this bye week to get everybody healthy, that includes Nick Starkle, that includes Trey Knox, that includes all the other guys that may have been playing but are banged up, like a Bumper Pool or a Colton Jackson or a Traylon Burks. All of these guys, they can get them out there and out there and playing effectively. That's going to be key, and that's going to be huge. And I think that this is why the bye week comes at such a perfect time for Arkansas to try to get some of these guys healthy. So, so that's number one. You know, number two has to deal with penalties. Now, I'm going to look at it from the perspective of penalties that are good and penalties that are bad. Okay, no, no. Penalties that are right or penalties that are wrong. How about that? That's probably a better way to put it. Penalties that are right or penalties that are wrong. Okay? So the penalties that are right that are getting called by the officials is these dadgum pre-snap penalties. All right? Arkansas, for whatever reason under Chad Morris, has a knack for not getting guys lined up correctly. They have illegal motion, illegal shifts, penalties getting called. They have illegal formation, guys lining up wrong. 
They, they have all these pre-snap penalties going on every single game, and it frustrates the dog out of me because I don't get it. Like, that should be the basic thing. I understand that it's, sometimes it just happens, but that the frequency that it's happening for Arkansas, I don't understand why. Like, what are you doing in practices? How do you not know where to start the play, where to line up? That's basic stuff, man. And I don't understand why Arkansas has this issue every single game where they can't get guys lined up. Like, I, I don't mind losing. And I don't mind even losing in a way to a better team where the other team made plays. I mean, you don't want to lose, but you can at least chalk it up to that. But I hate it when you're doing stupid things like that. I don't know what that is. I know Chad Morris has been asked about it, and, and I don't know if he's just – maybe the communication's not there. Maybe the translation of, okay, this is how the play needs to be set up. This is where you line up. Maybe it's fine in practice, but it's still not being communicated in a manner that gets guys ready. Maybe they're not doing enough repetition because I think that that's also key when you're trying to get these plays going is just repeating, 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 making sure everybody's lined up the right way. You know, Maybe that's the case. But for whatever reason, I just sit here and I see these penalties and it just blows my mind that this keeps happening. It shouldn't happen ever, ever, and it happens all the time. So it's going to end up costing Arkansas some games. It may have already, but it's certainly going to keep on if they try to keep doing this. So surely they can find another way to to figure these problems out. Uh, The other side of penalties, though, was, of course, the ones that were terrible in this game or the calls, no calls, however you want to put it that the referees missed in this game. And again, I'm not blaming the officials for the loss. I, I never want to do that because I think that's cheap, except for the Florida 9 game. That's the one thing that I'll throw it up to. But my issue with this whole thing is that for like these officials have got, and I mean they have got, to start calling these games and start paying attention. Like these, This is simple stuff. Like that pass interference call that didn't get called where uh, essentially, I think it was Michael Woods, was thrown to the ground. When they called an offsides penalty on Texas A&M, but he got pass interference, they missed that one. They missed the one on Rakeem Boyd where Starkle threw the pick that he got shoved to the ground. Like, these are all penalties that aren't being called and they need to be called. And I don't understand why they wouldn't be called. So, you know, whatever issue that ends up being, you just can't have these things anymore. And I hope that they shore them up. I really do. But as of right now, like, these officials... Just frustrating, man. Start calling the game right. Start getting some guys in there that can be consistent with it because there were more than enough p- plays that were calls or no calls that should have been called, but it just makes it just makes the game just less enjoyable and less watchable. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.